What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? Hi there, it's Paul, and you're listening to What the Footy, the podcast that takes football fans behind the scenes. Here is what I have lined up for you to. We're not playing around. You know what I mean? Like, if we don't win, we're going to be pissed. We're going to build an actual football club with an actual team of data scientists and. Like, we've already hired multiple really amazing people to come in and do a lot of this work with us. This is the What The Footy podcast. I hope you love it. Not like it, I hope you love it. Download, subscribe, rate and review, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's go. Knew some other guys liked me, but I didn't know it was to that extent. Imagine being a kid in primary school. Now it's a putting off. Powerful people, and I think they need to recognise that, but then also... They need to be represented the right way. Sport in general is nothing without fans. Uh, based on you know, one single source of revenue alone, that being the TV. So when in the league, let's just win this to appease the fan. Yes, Jacob, welcome to the What The Footy podcast. I think you're our first ever stateside uh, guest to, to come on the show, man. Right. Where, are you, where are you logging in from today, man? Yeah, I'm in Malibu, California right now, just north of L.A. Uh, I bet the weather out there right now is so good, man. It's, uh, you know, it's, I have no idea what it is in Celsius, but it's uh, 68 and sunny and Fahrenheit and it's, uh, it's lovely. <laughs> no, that's good to hear, man. That's good to hear. But we start off this show, which is what is football to you, a business or a sport and why? Hmm. You know, I think like most things in life, you've got your like personal answer and your professional answer, right? Like nobody, nobody gets involved in ownership or like financially involved if they don't think of the business side as well. But uh, yeah, foot, uh, you know, as Danny would say from Ted Lasso, football is life and there's uh, no other answer, right? It's like the greatest sport on earth. So I love it. I love uh getting to, to be involved in it now from a bit more of a like, I've never had a team. I guess it's the best answer I can give you as well. Like where you're from in England, you probably had a local, a local premier league team and a local lower league team within what, 30 minutes each direction where yeah. I grew up, I didn't have a professional football team within five hours. Right. I was wow. in kind of no, nowhere, Texas. So it was different, different for me growing up in that sense. So now I have a team to, to get more behind, which is much more, and I'm much more invested emotionally and, you know, involved. Try and get you, uh, get you to come see uh, my Premier League club, which is Arsenal. Um, nice. But um, but yeah, man, just obviously just going into it and, and just sort of starting it off. Obviously, you're part of the Wagme United group, obviously acquired Crawley Town Football Club. Just sort of talk to me about why you bought the football club. What was it about Crawley Town that made you want to get into football and, and why football in general? Yeah, so I mean, our starting point is... Uh, maybe it's helpful to like understand a little more about like who Wagme United is. And that's how we work to there. Like I actually personally hosted a dinner in Malibu, maybe in August last year, um, 16 or so of us had dinner together. And two of the guys that met at that dinner were Preston and Eben from Wagme United. And, and Preston had this extensive sports betting background. He had a show on ESPN. Like he's, he's been deep for, for years. And, analytics and statistics and, and numbers um and then evan has like a pretty wonderful hollywood career in licensing like ip and like 
putting deals together and introducing partners and whatnot. And they called me a week after this dinner and they're like, we know this sounds crazy, but we're pretty sure we want to buy a football club. And I was like, what? And they're like, Jacob, we think we can buy a football club. Are you interested in helping figure it out? And I was like, you know, so I'll pause there. That's like the narrative version, but the kind of overarching version is in crypto over the last two years, there's been a lot of really crazy like boom in cryptocurrencies, in different use cases. Uh, and the word DAO has been coming up a lot. So DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Um, and it's this concept that like, think of an ownership group for Arsenal or whomever, you'll usually have one person who owns like 40 or 50 or 60% of the club and then a bunch of minor partners. Well, what we did with Wagme was we took the approach where what if everyone had roughly the same ownership from day one? And so you have this like hive mind approach where a bunch of people have like equal skin in the game. They all want it to succeed to the same amount. Nobody is like pushing everyone else around with one decision-making process or we are bringing this person back next year or we aren't and they get that say on their own. So we decided to take a flattened approach. So really no one in our group has, no one even has above a 10% stake or vote in that process from the owner side. Um, anyway, so that was the original thesis. We started looking into clubs um, and like price ranges and what we could do. And I connected them with the, you know, the team at Sheridan's through Omri, shout out Omri Bouton, who's a, a fellow like crypto punk and crypto guy that works at Sheridan's in the UK. Um, and yeah, so there were several teams for sale, you know, or several teams that were potentially for sale. Um, and we, I mean, there was, there was some press about another team that we almost bought at one point. And um, I can't really say how much I agree or disagree with the press, but you know, it was a bit more involved and researched and mature of a potential purchase than it seemed. It was not a splash in the pan uh, attempt. Um, so that kind of fell through. Um, and, you know, Crawley was on our short list of three from the beginning. Um, the other team we had attempted to purchase just had a much bigger stadium. And we were like, you know, we like, we liked the stadium really was the, we liked the 25,000 seats and um, anyway, so when that one fell through and we really leaned in with Crawley as our like, okay, the stadium's smaller, maybe fingers crossed, we can just build a new stadium in a few years, right? We're like, we'll, we'll, we'll set the stadium aside. Other than that, we're like, you know, lovely local fans that are bought in that really care about the team, like the culture's awesome. Um, and we're like, you know, we think, we think there's something here. And so the current ownership um, was just like, they had become nearly, you know, inactive. They had become quite inactive near the end of their tenure. And, and just like most football clubs, like football clubs either barely make money or even lose money every year. And so, you know, most of the, I would say probably most EFL2 teams or most might be a stretch, but many teams would be happy to sell if, if they were profiting in the sale, right? Like if they, if they saw an opportunity. And so um, we, we had several of our guys go over there multiple times, fly from the States to, to meet. And, and we have several owners from the UK as well. Like several of our owners are locals in the UK. And 
And so, yeah, they kind of courted and hung out and uh, ended up, you know, Crawley ended up being the team where we're like, all right, here's our vision. Here's our dream. And ownership was like, all right, go for it. You know, and a lot of the guys that worked there, a lot of the, the staff at Crawley are like young guys in their 20s, you know, the, that are also really excited by what we might can bring to the table. So, uh, yeah, so there's like, you know, there's a couple layers, like the experiment. It's not like we're trying to experiment with football. We're not trying to like ruin football. We're kind of experimenting more on the like ownership dynamics and what it means to like collectively run a team together or, or be uh, involved and care about a team. Um, and then we will have some other, you know, you know, the word experiment has already been thrown around. Like people understand we're going to do some NFT sales and have some like, you know, things that we view as a great way to onboard new fans to a team, right? Like I mentioned, I'm from somewhere in Texas where I don't even have a local team. I'm not the only person in the world that doesn't have a local football club, yeah. right? And so what if we found a way to pair people who love, kind of love crypto, love disruption, love like change with a football club that now welcomes, right? Imagine like something, something a football club that welcomes the outcasts of the world in certain ways. Yeah. And or, or just people who are a little different because they enjoy this kind of crypto thing or they believe in digital assets or digital whatever. Like we think there's a way for us to have kind of our level one fans, which are locals, and really lean in and make their experience better. And um, I've made jokes about we should do a ribbon cutting ceremony when we fix the hand dryer in the West bathroom because people have been complaining about the hand dryer for years in a forum. Uh, you know, like we want to like really take care of the local fans, but I think there's also room for an entire layer of like, you know, we could bring 50,000 fans that no one has ever heard of and that have never heard of Crawley Town yeah. into like fandom through the process. So that's kind of a long answer, but I hope it gives you a lot to go off of. Yeah, no, because I think that's the fascinating thing about you guys. Like I had Del Vince, who's the chairman at Forest Green Rovers. He's very passionate, obviously, about sustainability. And he sort of brought that sustainable sort of mindset to to Forest Green Rovers and just just for sort of the the sort of mission that they have in terms of the vegan pitch the vegan menu they've attracted fans from all over the world and they have fan groups from all over the world by people who are just passionate about sustainability you can join the journey and I think linked to that is a question I wanted to ask you in terms of you typically hear like a lot of clubs trying to get into the fan token NFT space for you is it is it a question of coming into Crawley Town, educating the fans, the existing fans about crypto, or was it a case of really bringing those new, like bringing those crypto fans who aren't really maybe into football or don't have a team into supporting Crawley Town, or is it just a combination of the both? I think there's, you know, one thing that, that I think would be wonderful long-term is I, so my background a little bit, I guess, to help color what I'm going to say is, I, I started law school in 2017 and well, 2016, I started law school in 2016. Um, I started really being in blockchain in 2017. I like interned in blockchain, but then I built my first company on blockchain in 2018. And so I really believe in the distributed, distributed use case, the like unchangeable nature of this massive ledger in the sky, right? However you want to describe it. And so to me, I actually think a local fan, let's say who has season tickets to anything in life, season tickets can come as paper stubs and you can have a packet of them at home. 
Well, now you have to sell it on Craigslist or on some like secondary forum website where you've got your tickets for sale or whatever. Or they can be digital through like Ticketmaster or SeatGeek or StubHub or any of the major ticketing platforms. And again, I don't know the UK's major platforms, so I could just be completely making up names for you. Uh, yeah. But they're not they're not small companies, right? Um, but but the thing is, the way ticketing is already done isn't great. It's not centralized. It's not decentralized. It's just kind of like different everywhere you go. So I think there's a world where not not from day one or anything. It's not it's not a next week kind of agenda. But what if our season ticket holder had a digital stub that they could scan each game they go to, and it's just triggered like, oh, that's a season ticket holder. That's a season ticket holder. That's a season ticket holder. Right? They just have one thing on one phone, on one digital wallet, on one. You know what I mean? And it's just like, and that thing happens to be an NFT. Right, or that thing happens to be a, a unique thing that sits on the blockchain and it's their ticket for every game. That's interesting to me, right? But at the same time, we have decided internally that when we do our NFT sales, like if we sell a digital jersey or we sell a, a team crest or we sell any of these things that may be introducing fans into the, into the community, we currently, I would say Preston has said repeatedly, we do not expect or need Crawley fans to purchase any NFTs up front. Like it's not the day one plan. We're not trying to like force digital on anyone that doesn't want it or anyone that it's like already their club. We would hate to say, if you don't buy this thing, you can't come be a season ticket holder, right? Like we're not, we're not putting up barriers for any of that. But I think over time, you know, when we have free ones for locals to claim or free things for season ticket holders to have, I think over time they'll likely come, you know, many will hopefully come to understand and even enjoy or like want those things. Cause I mean, you know, imagine they go as big as you want, right? Imagine, uh, I don't know, something crazy. Ronaldo goes over to Arsenal right now, right? Uh, yeah. You, you have the opportunity to buy a Jersey. Okay. You can wear the Jersey. It'll get dirty and it'll go away someday. You also have the opportunity to get, I don't know, a $10 digital collectible thing that commemorates that day. And they only ever sell 10,000 of them to the 10 million Arsenal fans. That's an interesting collectible, right? Like that's something you might want. And maybe it even gets you a ticket to the game next year, right? Like, I, I don't know, but I think there's use cases that make it interesting without forcing it on anyone. And so I do think we will make the bulk of our NFT revenue as of now, from non-locals, from non-current Crawley fans. Like I, I was not a Crawley fan. I, I'd never heard of Crawley, right? I'm from America. I love baseball. I think football is great, but I watch the World Cup. Like I'm the average kind of athlete fan, right? I watch the World Cup. I watch some Premier League games. I've never seen an EFL2 game. Like even the only Champions game I've ever seen was on Ted Lasso. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's that's it, right? And yeah. So. You know, so it's it's been, yeah, it's that's kind of our expectation is that, you know, one stat that I think you'll probably find interesting based on what you were saying earlier, FTX and Crypto.com, two major companies. Crypto.com is sponsoring the World Cup in Qatar. Yeah. FTX has put their name on UFC and the Marlins and the Dolphins and countless other things in the last year. My understanding is they've spent roughly $2 billion 
between those two companies sponsoring sporting events in the last year. But they never bought a team. They just sponsored teams. Our content, our concept was that, well, what if we pooled money and we brought like education kind of around crypto and NFTs along the way, but we actually bought a team and we became the internet's favorite team. So we just took it a step further. No, and I think that's interesting because um, so like some of the stuff that you mentioned there in terms of the use cases, that, that's the bit I'm really fascinated to see what you guys can really bring to the table. I think certain aspects can and should be digital because it makes life easier for everyone involved. It's easier to transact. It's easier to keep. It's easier to resell. It's e right. Like so ticketing is an obvious one, but even even fandom, right? Like I, I think the one thing that I would say that we're not like leaning into right now that I've seen people asking questions about is like, we're not trying to make our players contracts into tokens. Like we're not having people like buy stock in a young Ronaldo, right? Like you're not buying token for a player that you want or a player that you think is good and maybe it'll go up, maybe it will go down. We're not, we're not the ones doing that. As a team, as an organization, we're not doing any of that. We're also not likely to allow, or we're not likely to have like any of our random internet fans voting and saying, get rid of your back midfield. Right, like trade your back midfield or, or get rid of your sure. back midfield. Like we're gonna build an actual football club with an actual team of data scientists. And like, we've already hired multiple really amazing people to come in and do a lot of this work with us. Um, I don't know if I can or can't really say who all is doing that, but like, I think maybe one other comment to make from us that I don't know if Preston or Eben has said is like, I had, I saw a comment uh, I saw a lot of comments the day after we bought the club in, in our public discord where people came in and someone said, we're just worried about what you will do with our club as the new owners. And my response was, are you not worried when any other random Russian billionaire comes in and buys a random club and gives you no transparency? Like name an ownership group that was like an exciting new owner and was crazy transparent and everyone knew exactly what would happen. That's never happened in the history of football. Bro, I support Arsenal. We've been begging to hear from our, from our owner for the last, <laughs> he's, called, he's called Silent Stan. <laughs> We've been begging That's to hear from him. It's always, it's always his son or someone within the sort of, oh. of directors. So. so you see what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like, so, so I think that's one good response from us. And one thing I feel fine about is I'm like, guys, like, just give us a chance. Give, give us a chance just like you would give any other owner. But the thing that I think people don't pay attention to maybe, and I, I saw a bunch of like press articles and people being kind of crappy on Twitter, is they're like, oh, down with Crawley. Like Crawley's going down to the next league. Like Crawley's gonna lose all their matches now. And it's like, the thing I don't understand, I guess, is like, you've got a group of roughly 40 or 50 people who are legitimately desperate for you to win. Like we only want our team to win and win every match. You know what I mean? Like we want to be fans. We want to be like watching every match. We want to be the team like of the internet in many ways. Like the last thing we want to do is screw around and lose, right? Like that's not even on the radar. Like we've got multiple executives that have owned soccer teams in the U S football clubs in Mexico and England. Like 
baseball teams, hockey teams, like we have multiple executives involved. We have sports analytics guys from sports analytics companies. We have people from a premier league team or two who are looking to leave to join our club. Like we, we're not playing around. You know what I mean? Like if we don't win, we're going to be pissed. So when any of the fans are like, Oh, you might ruin our club. It's like, yeah, okay. We might, but we sure as hell don't want to like, we really want to win really bad. And we're going to tell you about it while we're trying, you know? Yeah. No. And, and, and I think that's, I think that's really good. And just even delving into some of the points that you mentioned there and the whole sort of obviously the core, the core aspects of football is of course the football operations, obviously the manager, the sporting director, and obviously building that team of scouts, people in the recruitment side as well. How have you sort of started to sort of think about, think about these sort of things and, and developing the football operations, the academy, and obviously building a strong, a strong playing squad that can obviously achieve the goals and ambition of, um, of uh, moving up the pyramid? Yeah, I mean, so two of the things that I just am like personally going to make sure we do is we need a new hand dryer in the West bathroom and we need a new chef. There's not a chef on staff right now. We need a we need a chef. They need all the food and resources they can get. You know, like we want to we're like, I think the academy is a good question and like a women's team potentially is a good question. But right now again, like no disrespect to former owners, but there were just things that weren't being done. Maybe they didn't have the money for it or the interest or the time, but like we want our guys to have a gym they can work out in. We want our guys to have food that they feel good eating and, and it's always available, you know, like, so there was even a, a point in time where there weren't enough like footballs, you know? So we're like, look, just go online. We'll, we'll buy football. Just send a hundred new footballs. Like, that's fine. Here you go. Like, and so I think what we've been doing, uh, I mean, maybe like a tiny elephant in the room is we had like uh, some stuff come up about our coach last week with uh, some like allegations of like race and, and discrimination and whatnot. And so we have him on like an indefinite suspension right now while we're trying to figure out, you know, um, what exactly did or didn't occur and like what to do about that. Cause I mean, uh, you know, you want to, you want to respect everyone who makes a claim like that. But at the same time, like, let's make sure that that's what happened. Right. So it's like, it's, we're in a weird spot with that right now, which is not what we expected coming into ownership. It's like, we were on a four game win streak. Everything was awesome. We were super excited. And then this kind of came out against our coach and we're like, uh, okay. I mean, we have to technically, like we have to do something about it. So I'd say on like the day-to-day -day soccer, you know, football operations, and I'm going to say soccer every now and then, and people are going to hate me for it. And I don't mind. Um, you know, it's, it's new to me to call it all football in every way, but you know, I think, uh, it won't be the first time. It won't be the first time you've heard that. Um, so, but yeah, so on the day to day operations, we have on our core team, um, one of our people that's working closest with Eben and Preston is a former executive in front office, back office for, um, a professional sports team like we'll just leave it there and, and they'll figure out how they want to share who we're working with later on um but you know so one of the guys closest to us has helped manage and operate a professional sports team that was roughly you know several times the size of crawley like financially budget-wise and stuff um so you know maybe 3x the size um and then yeah i would say 
what we started doing is so like Preston and maybe seven other guys are all going to move to Crawley next week um, to be there for all summer, for summer transfer windows, for um, upgrades on the stadium, for, you know, working with that front office and back office and really being there for the day to day in every way. Um, so some guys are going to go over and start that next week. Um, and yeah, now that we've kind of, so, you know, we raised all of our money internally, we've, we pulled together money to be able to buy the team and we have some leftover capital from that original amount to be able to like hire some of the right people. Um, and then there's likely to be an NFT sale at some point in the next few weeks with some ways to support you know, Wagme United and kind of be a part of this digital fandom associated. And, and so that'll generate some revenue as well. And uh, we're really excited to announce who our like um, sponsors are for our, uh, our shirt sponsors. It's going to be quite, quite the, quite the upgrade for EFL too. Uh, they've never sponsored someone at this level before. Um, only, only, you know, premier league and champions, but we've got a really, really great sponsor for that. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to do a bunch of really dope stuff, you know, and take it really seriously. I mean, that's cool. And is it true that Gary V is part of the uh, part of the team as well? Oh, I don't know what's allowed to be said or not said. So I'll just leave it there for now. But uh, you should you should pay attention to pay attention to Gary V's Twitter and you'll find out what he is or isn't doing here. I don't know. No, that sounds good, man. And uh, it's now time for part of my favorite part of the show which is uh what the foot are you lying for so uh take me away with your uh two truths one line man all right i've scored a goal on the pitch at psg wow paris is one of my favorite cities in the world look at this we'll stick with paris yeah <laughs> so i scored a goal on the pitch at psg paris is one of my favorite cities in the world um and the only time I visited England, I got food poisoning. You seemed really passionate about the first one, so I'm going to say the first one is true. Okay. I don't think Paris is your favourite city. And I do think the first time, because I mean, spoke a little bit off camera, <laughs> I, think, I think you did get food poisoning when you went to England, but, um, but we'll find that a little bit later. Um, just to sort of, as you sort of mentioned, sort of towards the end about sort of sponsors and you sort of mentioned it as well um a little bit earlier on with crypto.com and some of the stuff that they're doing there as well um obviously crypto sponsorships and partnerships now within within the game massive nielsen sports have sort of said that sponsorships have sort of grown over 100 percent in the last sort of year or so and expected to reach about 5 billion by 2026 which is mental when you think about Crazy. it but, yeah but yeah just even just even on that sort of theme alone where do sort of future opportunities lie within sort of taking this stuff to the next level? Obviously, we've alluded to some stuff so far. Where do you where do you really think things can go from here, man? Yeah, so I think, you know, one thing that's important about like EFL2 regulations is no one can just buy an EFL2 team and spend 15 million pounds on players, right? Like there's limitations based on revenue and based on league and expectations and stuff. So, even if we had a sponsor give us 15 million pounds tomorrow, like we couldn't spend all of it on um, players specifically. So I think well, what I, where I see things going 
I guess there's the, the smaller answer is for us, the bigger answer is for everyone. I think for us, we will likely be able to be in the highest end of spenders every transfer window moving forward because we'll just do whatever it takes um, to like pour money into, you know, the team and, and, and have quality, you know, quality takes where we can, where we can get them and maybe we'll find a, uh, an opportunity for a, for a loaner from, from Chelsea or Juventus or Arsenal or, or some people where we have uh, some relationships that we're building, you know, you're, you're not the only person that's really curious about what we're doing. So, you know, some of the others that are curious, maybe we can work something fun out. Um, I would say our, our network now just with friends and friends of friends, you know, FC Roma and Juventus and Chelsea and et cetera. Right. So, you know, maybe, maybe we'll find a, a 15 year old that wants to come play and, and can, can show, show a thing or two at some point. Um, but I think sponsors are going to help us take our Crawley's stadium specifically very quickly into an upgrade. Um, you know, we, we would expect that, I don't know, maybe we'll do five or 10 times the revenue they used to do on sponsors. Um, because if you think about a small local team, where it's really mainly the local fans, then sponsors are only willing to pay so much to have local, you know, 10,000, maybe 50,000 local people see that thing. But if our team ends up kind of becoming the team of the internet and Gary V is the one pushing a Jersey or something, you know, should it be someone like him or some other individual, if you can get eyes on a shirt that says Crawley town Coinbase, Crawley Town, even Home Depot, right? Crawley Town, whatever. If that jersey is going to be seen enough times, that's when you start getting Emirate Airlines, right? Or Qatar Airlines on, on shirts. That, the reason they're doing it is because they get the eyes on. And so I think, I think our team is going to really take this attempt and be like, well, we don't have as many fans as Arsenal or as big of a stadium, but how many people will follow our internet? Like, our internet following how, how big can we get the virality of the team um and then i think on the other side on the more mass mass side of like crypto and sponsorships and sports i mean cryptocurrency is you know as as both a currency and as like a as a piece of technology people have just made a lot of money there's a lot of money that's been made because the tech is so good and I think that the, the more adoption there is, the more money the companies make, the more ad dollars they can spend, which leads to more adoption, with, right? So it's like a, it's just a big flywheel right now in that, in that sense. And so, yeah, I, I do think that number going up makes sense. I think, you know, crypto.com is on UFC and the Lakers stadium and Qatar for the World Cup. Like those three right there are, and the UFC is an entire sport. The Lakers stadium is the Lakers and the Clippers. And the World Cup is the World Cup. And they've got it for yeah. both of the next two World Cups. Like, that's massive. So we'll see how many people onboard afterwards, right? How many people are going to watch the World Cup and then sign up for Crypto.com? That's the question. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited to see what you guys really do. As I've sort of mentioned, and um, I, was, I was even looking the other day at, if you look at the most valuable sports teams in the world, predominantly a lot of them are US, US-based franchises. And it's because of that sort of savvy approach to sort of 
the commercial side of the game and sort of how things are approached and revenue models and revenue generation. And I think there's so many sort of savvy things that you guys can bring to to Crawley Town that will inspire other people as well. Like we're seeing Dell do it with the sustainability angle at Forest Green and you guys are going to do it as well. It's just going to lead to a, lead to a whole ripple effect, man. I sure hope so. No, definitely, man. But yeah, it's now time for you to reveal your answers, man. So if anyone is listening that can help me get onto the pitch at PSG, I would love to score uh, at PSG. No, I've never, I've never been on the pitch there. But Paris is probably my favorite city in the world. Favorite? Um, wow. I think so. I don't know. I just had a really lovely time there. Once I, I went for like four days and it was just a lovely time. I had kind of a local that I met that was just, I showed me around for a few days and it was really nice. And, and then I went to London afterwards and had a horrid experience because it was like, there was the Trump stuff and there was the Brexit stuff. And I was just like a white guy with an American accent. And so people were like super rude to me. Like the guy on the bus was rude to me. The taxi driver was rude to me. The airport person was rude to me. And then I went and saw my cousin for drinks and uh, a pie at like, I don't know, midnight. I spent the next like 24 hours just completely doubled over food poisoning. It was horrid. So, you know, I love Paris. I got food poisoning in London and I've never scored at PSG, but that would be fun. Yeah, now next time you're around, we'll have to get you sorted with a proper proper English pie, man. Don't you worry. Man. That's right. Don't you worry, man. <laughs> we'll make amends, man. No, awesome, man. But we end the show with this question, which is what the footy needs to change or happen within your space? Mm. I think the fans and communities around football clubs have to be respected and understood better. And we're just going to start and do it. And hopefully we don't end up being called silent stand or whatever you call your guy, you know, (laughs) I think, I think it would be better to dislike your owner. So like one person that comes to mind is Steve Cohen with the Mets. Uh, Steve Cohen runs a large hedge fund and he owns the New York Mets, the baseball team. Some people don't like him for personal reasons or investing reasons or whatever, but he loves the Mets and he can, he tweets about the Mets and like he answers questions about the Mets and he talks to the fans about the Mets. And he says, what player do you want me to go get? Like, what do you want me to change? And I think he's doing a really great job of like trying, you know, just trying something new. And so we're going to be, we're going to be far more in that camp, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I think that there are a lot of similarities between the crypto community and the footballing community and the fact that there's just, everyone has that sort of togetherness and that, that sort of love and passion for that thing, whether that's obviously the things that's happening within crypto and the innovation and all the different things that's, that's, that's sort of growing there and sort of similar to football and Obviously, I know like fans do accept. Obviously, football is is now becoming more of a business, but at the same time, it is a community asset as well. And you do want to hear from your owners as well. And um, no, I think what you guys are doing is good, man. And, and I look forward to to seeing how you guys get on, man. For sure. Thanks oh, so thank much you, for man. chatting. Yeah. What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? Knew some other guys liked me, but I didn't know it was to that extent. Imagine being a kid in primary school, now it's a pretty nice. Powerful people, and I think they need to recognise that, but then also 
they need to be represented the right way. Sport in general is nothing without fans. Uh, based on you know, one single source of revenue alone, that being the TV. Let's win in the league. Let's just win this to appease the fans.